It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Steemax, Nate Jackson, KJ, Brew. Got our CU faction here, man. So what is the deal? Who would you rather if you could only watch one? I love this scenario because what would be the other accompanying circumstances that would prevent you from watching the other game? Right. I said perhaps it's some form of surgery that you just couldn't put off. And you had to have that surgery on Saturday or Sunday. But, <laughs> but, but inherently, what game has you just a little bit more juiced? The CU Nebraska game or the Broncos Raiders game? Juiced? The CU Nebraska game. Okay. Interested? The Broncos. It's a different feeling for me. Talk to me. But because there's energy up there in Boulder. I mean, there's excitement. Yeah. Um, an unlikely thing happened last week, or at least unlikely to everyone who was. Uh, uh, except for Will Peterson, who was uh, oh. bragging about it, his financial uh, benefits from it the, on the air on the Zoakley show. Well, they believed. They had a honey of a game. Those who believed knew it was happening, but those non believers. We're, we're treated to a shock, a surprise. And now, and now we do believe, right? And we're really excited about believe. it. Believe. We are. We are. The, the, there's not enough Kool-Aid. Do you think there's anybody who's still like, nah? <laughs> no. Who is that person? Mad Dog Russo. Do you hear oh, him? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he said he's beyond out. He's, he's, he's just ridiculous. And he's just trying to be a contrarian to, to be contrarian. You can't take him. I'll tell you right now, I would root uh, like crazy for Nebraska. Yeah, okay, all right. You know. Nebraska. Nebraska. I'll tell you right now, I would root like crazy for Nebraska. Okay. I want to see those two debate. That would be fun. Um but um, but but as far as interest in, in in me wanting to watch and see what's happening, because we've been talking about the Broncos so much, and there's so many unknowns, I think, with these Broncos and Sean Payton and how this regime is going to start off. I'm very interested in how that unfolds on Sunday uh, at Empower. On the RamosLaw.com text line, my daughter is getting married at 2 this Sunday. I have been warned not to wear earbuds. <laughs> that's fantastic. Quick ceremony, man. You'll be that's you'll be done fantastic. in the middle of the first quarter. Oh my god, that's great. Well, I mean, I I what did she not see the schedule ahead of time? Yeah, it, come on, you know. This hey, is dude. not Super Bowl Sunday. Hey Nate, Brittany Boland took a month long vacation or honeymoon in October, the same year that she said she wanted to be one of the owners of the team. It's like, uh, you know, they post these things. Like when these things are happening, the, uh, the, the NFL Tanner had the audacity to be involved in a golf tournament when Sean Payton was supposed to be. <laughs> hey, man. You remember that hey, one, I right? sure do. It all I, worked I, out. I, I'm, it? A, I'm a fan of Greg Penner. I've said it. But mm. you want to get off to a shaky start with good old D-Mac? You know, put golf ahead of, uh, you know, being around when your coach is being signed. It's a round of golf, dude. You were out of town that weekend, too. It was funny because you took a couple weeks off or Greg days Penner off of work. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so funny. Like, like I wouldn't be around for important things. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'm a fan of Greg Penner. I've said it a million times, but that was weird. You know, like, uh, we don't, we're learning. We're, we're trying to figure everything out here. Yeah. You know, we're trying to figure out these relationships. But I've spoken at length about how terrific I think the Broncos ownership actually has been. Yeah. But, you know, hey, let's be fair. It takes a little bit of time. And who is Sean Payton 
to them. I mean, was he their first candidate, second candidate, third candidate? Some indication he was number three. <laughs> I've heard you say that. Well, I mean, it's out there. There's multiple trips to talk to Harbaugh, and then there's the D'Amico Ryan's flirtations. There's talking to someone and talking to them twice or even three times doesn't mean anything other than, hey, we were interested. They were interested. Gathering information. They were gathering information. They, they were um, at least least interested enough that Sean Payton went and had a full-day interview with the Arizona Cardinals that he decided to, you know, wear code ties on TV to indicate where he really wanted to be. So then it was always set in the stars. Well, well perhaps, but if you loved him that Maybe much, there was a wink-wink at the beginning. We got to go do, you know, these other interviews, but hey. You don't got to do anything. What are you talking about? If you want that guy, you, you don't let him go over there to Arizona. You know, you don't let that happen if you're dying to have him. They were dying to have him eventually. But you can see, Nate, as they're vetting things out, they had to realize, again, I'll go back to the Wickersham piece. They had to realize the degree of hatred this coach has towards the NFL league office and Roger Goodell. Right. So, I mean, you know, and they're building brand new relationships right. with Goodell, what they don't know that they're about to hire a guy that Goodell can't stand. Clearly has to be an issue or a, a discussion. What in a philosophical sort of stylistic discussion as well? What kind of coach do we want here? Do we want a coach who's going to be a football tyrant, which is what Sean Payton is? He is, you know, he, and you read all over this article. It's about how much of an a hole he is, and he talks about it himself. He's like, "Yeah, I am that." His, his wife best, talks about it. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, she is that." And then his best friend's like, "Yeah, he is that," but he's always two to three steps ahead of everyone. His wife called him Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. So if you're Greg Penner. Um, then you're you're asking yourself, do I want that type of person here or a first-year coach in D'Amico Ryan's where this will be more of a partnership and we can collaborate on things and he'll take my advice and things of that nature. The big question, too, again, is the whole quote-unquote fix rust thing. Damian Woody. God, I, you know what? I, I had a chance to kind of think on this Sean, this Sean Payton quotes or whatever about the whole Russell Wilson thing. Yeah. My problem is... Is Sean Payton trying to get this dude to be who he's not? Mm. Like, everyone wants Russell Wilson to be to this. But to be hold on, I'm work. talking about, no. I'm talking about, like, personality. But he has to. But, you, but maybe that's not in him. But he, okay, we'll you know, me, you know we'll it seems like everybody, it, it's like everybody's piling on Russ and they want Russ to be like this, have this dog mentality. Maybe that's just not who he is. Let's dig into that coming up next. The Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the drive. Imagine uh, just uh, going out to dinner with Sean Payton, Nate. First, here comes the salads. Here comes the soups. <laughs> <laughs> just telling you about this. Uh, that's that spoon is a little bit different than the other spoons because it's for the soup and the, the salad fork is just a, it's a little smaller relative to the entree. <laughs> some people like to order wine. Some like a cocktail. Some like both, depending on the food. But coach, should I go with red or white? Well, relative to the dish, you, you prefer. If you look on the left there, it's more fish. Offerings on the right, you'll see more of the beef and the chicken. Uh, and it's relative to the wine. 
you, you might be enjoying, but also there's the sides, and some people don't really equate the two. Some players. What is that? What do I? What's this? What, what is? What is this thing? That's a, a napkin. You're gonna want to put in your lap relative to the crumbs. Uh, uh, we kid because we love. We kid because we love. Sean Payton. Peyton Manning, is it fair for people to assume Russ will be like Drew Brees? Oh, man. Not, not, not fair. And, and that's not who Russell is. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He has his own unique style, just like Drew Brees did. And I think Sean Payton has, look, he's coordinator for the Giants. He coached Romo with the Cowboys. He knows how to coach different types of quarterbacks. He's going to put Russell in the position to be the best Russell can be. He's not going to ask him to be Drew Brees and, and do those type of things. And so that's what great coaches do. Uh, and, and so Russell's going to be more comfortable this year doing some of the things that he used to do in Seattle. You know, Sean Payton's going to put his players in the best position. So that's why I think Russell will be more comfortable. It might not be right away. Like I said, it won't be perfect, I think, in week one against the Raiders. But I see him getting better throughout the season. What's he unwilling to ask Russell to do that he asked Drew Brees to do? That's what I'm interested in. I don't in. know. Uh, what, did, what did Peyton mean by that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a little confusing to me. I think the relationship with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is fine, but they're such different dudes. They're so different. I think it's respectful and cordial. I think Sean Payton thinks Russ is a little bit over the top with things. And he's tried to cut that with the quick. There's a lot of indications of that from him, like, blowing my phone up about things in the offseason to, you know, getting rid of Russell Incorporated, I guess, recently. And There's something about the, the, the when I read that article and it was like, oh, the stop kissing babies and the Russell Inc. thing. Mm-hmm. There is context and, like, nuance to conversational stuff that you say. Like, mm-hmm. the, how you say something matters. Like, if I'm like, hey, Darren, that's different than... Yes, Nath- Nathaniel. That's different than... Hey, Darren. I, I see what you're it's saying. It's the same thing. If we're conversing, that's different than just hey. Exactly. Right. So if I'm if I'm talking to Russell and I'm feeling conversational, I'm, and I'm like, hey, man, you don't have to be kissing those babies, man. Mm-hmm. You know, enough with Russell Inc. Let's just do it as a team, all right? Mm-hmm. I believe in you. Blah 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 blah. That's different than he's got to stop kissing babies and. Uh, I hate babies. You know, like, wow. it, it's just sound, like it sounded a little rough. <laughs> Baby like, hate. <laughs> keep the babies away from here. We're trying to play football. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, course, Sean Payton likes to talk. So if he's talking for a couple hours and he's just saying some stuff, it's easy to take one of those and say, oh, what did you say? But, like, he's just riffing. He's riffing. I don't. I think much uh, too much was made out of that Russell stuff in that article. I, I think they're fine. I just don't think they're very similar in personality. But I don't know if that even matters. I don't think. I don't know if that's a big deal. I think Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning were two different dudes. Yeah, uh, and they figured it out. I think John Fox was. You know, he was. He was an accessory to Peyton Manning, um, and that was a, a different situation because Peyton really ran the roost for basically three years until Coops came here. But you needed Coops. You you needed a strong hand, and somebody who was a little bit more device, uh, decisive with what they were doing than Foxy. I thought Foxy was great, but when uh, sadly, because I'm such a big fan of John Fox, when it came to the Super Bowl, there was just something just missing. It was just slightly missing with Foxy for whatever reason. Hard to put your finger on it, 
we already know Sean Payton has figured how to climb to the top of the mountain and plant a flag. We've seen it. We already know it. We've seen him succeed with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston besides Drew Brees. We got it. So personality-wise, you know, like Mike Cliss said, these coaches are a little bit odd. But which coach that's been successful doesn't have a certain sense of ego and certainness with what they're doing, Nate? And I believe a tension between the head coach and, you know, a lot of times the head coach when he's an offensive guru, the head coach and the quarterback is a good thing. Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, a lot of tension. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, a good deal of tension. Yeah. That exists, and that's okay because a quarterback, you know, an offensive coach who used to play quarterback himself or sees the game as a quarterback, he's never going to be completely happy with the way his quarterback plays. He's always going to have some problem with the read, and I taught you, I I laid it out for you, and you went and did this opposite thing. That's going to happen with Sean Payton and and Russell Wilson, by the way. There's going to be something that uh, that Sean Payton sees at 3 o'clock in the morning on some tape. He's going to put it into the game plan. He's going to drill it into these guys' heads. They're going to practice it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's going to be set up perfectly in the game, and Russell is going to, Instead, take a home run shot down the field. Well, then, okay, now we get into something pretty interesting. That was a great Netflix show that uh, Omaha Productions did, Quarterback. And I don't know if you've caught the latest news with that, but Peyton Manning's having a hard time finding guys. I mean, he's being turned down by multiple starting quarterbacks because they just don't feel comfortable having film crews follow him around. Yeah, But one of the great insights we saw was Kirk Cousins just going off script a little bit to the, uh, you know, to, to the chagrin of Kevin O'Connell, his rookie first-year head coach, who straightened out Kirk Cousins immediately when he came back to the sideline, saying, hey, man, if you want to do that, let me in on it because I'll give you the right personnel to make it happen. Like, just back off a little bit. That's a rookie head coach telling a highly paid veteran quarterback Dude, don't do that right away. If Russell and if Russell Wilson has those moments, I think Hackett last year just let him fly. I don't think he addressed him. I don't. I think a lot of things were just happening that weren't being immediately addressed. Will Sean Payne address those things? And will those things even happen this year with Russell Wilson? They will because they happen with everyone, right? They happen with everyone. He's going to make some mistakes. The, the sound we heard from um, Payton, Manning, a couple segments ago about um, Sean Payton asking Russell Wilson, can I coach you hard? Mm -hmm. And he says, yes, coach me hard. So ideally he should be coaching everyone the same. Everyone should get the same kind of coach, um, hard coaching from Sean Payton. If that's the case, yes, you make a mistake, you're going to hear it. You make a mistake, you're going to hear it. Anyone makes a mistake that doesn't lift up to my standards, I'm going to let you hear it. And um, so I think that'll be good for the rest of the team to see Russell getting that type of coaching when last year he didn't. He got special treatment. It's all about Russ. Um, you know, I wonder if it, last year after that game when K.J. Hamler was wide open in the end zone for mm-hmm. a touchdown to end it and he instead went to Cortland. Mm-hmm. You know what Mike Shanahan would have done is in our team meeting the next day, mm-hmm. he would have had that play on the on the screen. He would have had that queued up. Be embarrassing slow minute for Russell Wilson. And he would have embarrassed him. He would have just played the play. He would have looked him in the eyes, and he would have told him exactly what he needed to tell him in front of everyone. He would have done that. Yeah, he did that. He did that. You know, and that's, that's when you know that, and I think for me, that was a really good thing to see. Anybody can get it. Did if, he do it with Plummer and Cutler? Yeah. To my record, I don't have remember a okay, moment. Okay. But I remember if you made that mistake in that game that cost us, you would hear it. It didn't matter who you were. 
And that's when you know that we're a team and you're not playing favorites. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important to a, to a successful team, knowing that everyone's held to the same standard. And if you're not performing to that standard, you don't play. Sean Payton on the preparation this week. So our first game week collectively as a group. Um, we'll get inside some more. You know what's interesting is things went a little bit long this week. Like everything was a little, he talks about the schedule there. Everything was a little bit longer. Like it wasn't quite as sharp getting ready for this week. This article, Sean Payton can't sleep. He goes to bed at 3 in the morning. Mm. He pushes everything back the next day. Mm. His, his team meetings start late because he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's extra not sleepy mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. and maybe everything got pushed back. Okay. Man, I'm starting to get kind of excited. I'm, it's, it's wild. Like the same sort of like, I don't know what's going to happen with CU with Prime. I'm starting to have those feelings with the Broncos. I just feel like they're going to be better. I just have sort of this kind of blind faith. Is it blind or is it based on something you've witnessed? You were out there every day at, at training camp practice. Yeah. Didn't, did you see improvement? Yeah, I did. Okay, so it's not you blind. You know what's funny? I did see improvement, and I asked Russell Wilson about it, and he wouldn't just admit that there's been improvement. What did he say? He was like, well, you know, we, we you know, it's the Garrett Bowles looks great. Right. And yeah, he actually, he did. Is, yeah. yeah, he went into podium, yeah. you know, list for us. Like I was, the groundskeepers I, are doing a great job. It's not like I said, "Hey, things are bad now." I said, "Boy, things have certainly looked like they're they're they're." I said, "There's a better flow." Is that there seems like there's a better flow to everything that's going on now as compared to the beginning of camp. But Russell Wilson wouldn't just sort of concede that things were bad ever. I think that's going to be a hard problem for him to concede about that because he was given so much power last year. So a lot of the problems last year were his fault. Coach Prime has. Um, we got a speech from Coach Prime. We got the latest fired up speech from Coach Prime getting ready for this Nebraska game. We'll hear that coming up next. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the drive. Okay. Are you guys ready? We come. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's lock in and focus. It's our house, man. Ain't nobody whooping us at the crib. I don't know what kind of man would let somebody come in his house and whoop. I don't know where y'all come from. But where I come from, ain't nobody coming in your house. Ain't nobody coming in your street. Ain't nobody coming to your block. Ain't nobody coming to your crib that's going to whoop you. Understood? You know why? It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. It's Rocking, man. It's gonna be. What has he done in one? Well, I mean, it's it's not one week, but it's been a build up of lots of. Keep it here, KJ. Keep it here. I'm, I'm, let's not go anywhere with this. What has he done though in one week here to the state of Colorado? Ah, uh, he's transformed the way people view that program. He's transformed 
Um, I don't know the interest in college football this year. He's, that's the biggest story in, in college football. Maybe the biggest story in sports right now. Um, it's a shock. No one was expecting it. This tops guys gluing their feet to the U.S. Open concourse. Almost. If so, if Dion, if Travis Hunter glues his hands to the football, <laughs> then we have something. How many snaps for Travis Hunter this weekend? Can't be 147. I hope not. Maybe like 135. <laughs> but it will be interesting to see how Nebraska attacks the weapons on this team. They didn't know who these guys were before yet, or last week, right? Or at least they didn't really know what they would do at this level. Now you got film on Travis Hunter. Now you got film on Shador. What's your game plan for those guys? I think that's what that's what you know. Sean Lewis and Dion have to figure out. How to protect Shador because they're going to be blitzing him. I mean, they're going to be coming at him. They're going to be coming at him. And then for Travis Hunter, how do you tire this guy out? How do you make this guy feel it? If if I'm Matt Rule, 147 snaps, we're going to hit this guy 147 times. You know what I mean? We're going to try to physically wear him down and, and hit him as much as possible. So that's football. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to physically assault your opponents. I know we're not supposed to try to hurt them, but, yeah, you are trying to hurt them. That's why you hit somebody as hard as you can because you're trying to hurt them. What has he done the most to make these guys believe in each other? Tell them he believes in them. Mm, repeatedly. Yes. Repeatedly. And it's just like it's this is a religious experience happening in Boulder right now, okay? Right. The, the the terms that are being used, believer versus non-believer, and look, if the best, if the dude who's the best who ever do it looks at you in the eyes and tells you, I believe in you. Yeah. You're the man. Yeah. You are him. <laughs> right. Then what does that do to this young man, right? And uh, believing in someone does make them perform better. And if it's the guy, if it's the guy you looked as to as God who's telling you he believes in you, wow, then I believe in myself. I was a Division three wide receiver mm-hmm. who had been cut from a 1AA program and who was just wanting to play ball again. Bill Walsh told me, he looked at me in the eyes after a big game and said, I believe that you can make it to the NFL. Keep doing what you're doing, Nate. I believe in you. This was a hero of mine. Right, right, right. And when he told Crazy, me that, right? when he told me that, boo, that was like the, 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 the step that I needed, the moment that it kind of transformed for me in, in my heart. So... Dion's doing that to every single young man up there, and it's uh, it showed. I mean, it's showed so far. Just telling somebody I believe in you is strong, isn't it? Somebody yes. of authority, yeah. somebody that means something to you. Well, as a parent, you know, you tell your your kids you believe in them. You yeah. don't tell them, no, oh, you suck. You're not going to do this. Like, what? You got no shot at it. Right. Get out of my. Fi-. No. Right. You tell them even when they make a mistake, I believe in you. Right. right. So, right. so I think he's treating these kids like his like his family, and I think that's very powerful. The question is, is Sean Payton having that same impact on the Broncos? But we already know what's happened in Boulder. Like, there's no more questions here. That's what's happened after one week to me. Like, this isn't phony. This isn't fake. This isn't uh, just about Dion right now. It's about the whole thing. The whole thing together. Yeah. And that's why I would be stunned if people aren't believing with what's going on. So going into this game with Nebraska, do I believe First of all, I don't think it's the media's responsibility to believe. But if you believe just, now, do I believe now, Ed Werder? Again, I don't think it's... You just answered. You don't believe. I, you don't I, believe. I, Next well, question. I do believe. But I don't think it's my... Do res- you believe? I do, Dion. Prime. I do, but... Next question. Why? <laughs> you know what? I'll just end on your own words as we get fired up on this Fired Up Friday. So let's lock in and focus. 
It's our house, man. Been around. Ain't nobody whooping us at crib. I don't know what kind of man would let somebody come in his house and whoop. I don't know where y'all come from. Where I come from, ain't nobody coming in your house. Ain't nobody coming in your street. Ain't nobody coming to your block. Ain't nobody coming to your crib that's gonna whoop you. Understood? You know why? It's personal. 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 It's It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the drive. It's, it's a it's a nice build with college football, ain't no doubt about it. It's been awesome. But ain't nothing like the NFL, man. I mean, come on, man. Just nothing like it. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Nah, nah, there's good college football, but there's nothing like the game after game sort of feel of NFL, especially in the beginning of the season. I was transfixed by that game last night. Transfixed. That came to me every snap, every second. Lions, Chiefs, and then my guy, Mike Tirico. This has an asterisk because of no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey. Do you know he was getting death threats for his family from Lions fans for that comment? Really? Yeah. Come on. The irony is Mike has lived his entire life in Michigan because he fell in love with Debbie Gibberts, who was on the Orange Women basketball team. And um, Mike and Debbie got married a million years ago. Gibberats? Gibberats. I thought you were going Debbie Gibson. No, Debbie Gibberats. And, uh, you know. Gibber what? Gibberats. <laughs> Look it up. No, but, but, but Debbie and Mike have been dating forever. I'm showing a little of my Q's knowledge here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you, know, they've, you know, they've been together forever, and she's from Michigan. He's just there. So, I mean, there's a little bit of irony that... Um, this has an asterisk because of no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey. He's a Michigander. You're, hey, Lions fans, you're hating on one of your own right there. Go light on my guy, Mike. But why care so much about what someone says on a broadcast? You got the win. Who cares what they say? You know, this is a this is a star-driven league, and people, you know, obsess over these stars. And if a star's out, then it might change the narrative around the game. But the game itself is won or lost, and then you accept the outcome and you go to the next week. I guarantee the Chiefs aren't asking for an asterisk. They understand what just happened. They got beat at home. All right, let's talk about the game just a little bit last night. What yeah. the hell was going on with Juwan Taylor, the right tackle? Well, if What was that? Well, he was, you know, trying to get his depth. Um, so he's cheating the system a little bit. A and, little bit. And and timing out the snap count. And Obviously, you're at home, so you can listen. You don't have to look. And um, he was... 
timing it very, very well. Coach me up here, Coach, a little bit with offensive pass sets. Mm. The way he was set, to me, looks like he was getting like in the starting blocks of a race because he was set so far back. Yeah. Is that just me or was well, that you do kind have of to be on the belt line of the center? You're supposed to, you know, so if you see some improprieties there as a coaching staff on the opposite side, you're supposed to get in the ref's ear and, and tell them to just to get them to stop doing that. You right. know what I mean? And I, I don't know if they were doing that or not. Um, the refs should not let that sort of um, alignment fly. But I would say I would say the the idea that he was jumping off sides every time that I think he was timing it up really 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 well. He did jump off a couple of times. He got flagged for one at the end there. But um, but but lining up that deep in the backfield that should be illegal. I, also, his set too with like just his right leg so far oh, yeah. behind his left. Well, that's leg. that's hey, look, I'm not tricking anybody. I'm not tr- trying to pretend it's going to be a run here. Right. He's in a shotgun formation. We know we're going to pass it. I'm not tr- I'm not trying to be a decoy here. You know what I'm doing. I'm just going to put myself in a position where you can't beat me. Don't you think that's kind of funny that they're just so admitting or just so giving away exactly what they're going to do? Yeah, it's not ideal, but I guess when you got Patrick Mahomes back there and you're committed to passing the ball, you don't really care. Like, for example, Trent Williams in San Francisco, you remember that whole thing going on last year about how his stance is a tell? Every time. I sent a note to Mark Schlereth during the game last night, and Mark responded to me. They throw the ball 70% of the time. He doesn't care. Mark was a little bit more graphic there. He's just trying to jump on his set and beat his defensive lineman to the point, just what he's trying to get to. Like, yeah. it is, that is wild, though. We're going to do this 70% of the time. We don't care if you know what we're going to do. It doesn't matter to us. If, it's, if, the, if the chance of him, your quarterback getting sacked is less when you do that, then do that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to protect okay. Patrick Mahomes, if it's better that you just show him what you're going to do, but you're in a better position, then try to decoy it, and then you end up getting beat because you're off balance uh, and you can't block that guy on the edge, then go ahead. So Tip when, it off. When we're watching Nick Benito wreck shop on Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey during training camp, is this something the Broncos can pick up from? I mean, is this something? I don't, I don't think so. No. Well, it's a different offense. You know what I mean? The Broncos are going to rely on on, on the running game, on, on the play-action stuff more so. Uh, I, I think they're going to want to decoy that a little bit better and create the illusion that it could be a run, that it could be a wide zone thing, that it could be a keeper, things like that. And clearly, it's a tell. You know what's happening there. And I don't see Sean Payton probably liking that very much. I just, uh, and I'm seeing on the text line, ah, a lot of other offensive linemen do it. It's not that unusual. Okay, All right, cool. But to me, it really stood out because the Broncos have had such issues, at least during training camp, in the pass rush. It just, so in your mind, it was issue. like, hey, man, let's try that. Kind of. My mind was like, I'm always up for new ideas. And I understand the concept you don't want to tip things off. But one of my frustrations is, well, I, I don't want to put guys in a, a bad position just so they can work on something they're not that great at. Like Albert O, which was gone, to me, it's like, I get it. He can't block. He's not good at this. So so why is he even, why is he even part of it? Like, what, why are we trying to force that square peg into the round hole? Because you don't want a defense to know what you're going to do. D-Mac, the element of surprise is very important. It's like, you know, if you, if you take something away, we need to have the ability to do the thing that you, that you leave open by taking this away. But if you do something, for the sake of argument, if you do something so well, and I, I've heard Mark and the guys of those Broncos teams talk about it, he said they, everybody knew what we were going to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, 
zone blocking scheme with Terrell Davis, and you know you could cut back then, so you could do the rules were different. Everybody knew what we were going to do; they just couldn't stop us. I think there's more nuance to that because that offense also has, as part of its staple, the keeper game that comes off of that same action. So the it, the it looks like that same run play, but the quarterback doesn't give him the ball, and then everyone boop bails out the opposite side and you got guys running free because it looks exactly like the thing that they can't stop you from doing. So they think it's coming again and nope, it's not actually. We're we're going out the other side on a on a quick pass or a, a crossing route or something like that. So um the Chiefs are are clearly not trying to do that, not trying to set that up. Are we seeing a Chiefs team? Is it an asterisk <laughs> Sorry. game uh to support my guy Mike Tirico, meaning when Chris Jones eventually comes back, I guess he had a good night for himself in terms of negotiations, I guess. Yeah. And Kelsey comes back. Will we see a significantly better team? Or is this a little bit of an announcement that the Chiefs ain't what they used to be? I think more the latter mm. than, the, than the former. Uh, Travis Kelsey is 33. He's going to be 34 in October. Mm-hmm. Okay. He might get be banged up all season. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Um, so it, it's hard. It's and hard. They're not, they're not just a Super Bowl. They're a dynasty hangover. Mm. Like, it's not just been one Super Bowl. Yep. They've been doing this for the past five years. Yep. You know, it's so. And then Kelsey and Mahomes have been a big part of that. So is Chris Jones. Eric Bieniemy as well. He's no one's gone. talking about him. Yeah. You know, because it was always thought, oh, this is Andy Reid's brainchild, and Eric Bannemi's the fiery dude who can't control his emotions. He can't get a head coaching job in anywhere. And so, well, the offense didn't look as good last night. Eric Bannemi may have been a very, very talented and vital piece of that, like, triangle between Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and Eric Bannemi. Yes, he may have been volatile, but that may have been exactly what you need. You know, he may have been just a, a vital ingredient to making it run the way it did. And now that he's gone, there's a voice missing. There's a logic missing. There's a sort of edge missing. Who knows how that'll show up as the season goes on. No matter what in your NFL career, the one thing you could always do when given the opportunity is actually catch a football. Like, that was the thing you did probably the best out of everything. When you see a guy in the NFL just have a ball, just go right through his mitts, and that turns out to be a pick six or something, does does your heart sink a little bit? I feel bad for him. Uh, It happens all the time. There's a lot of guys who are physically gifted in other areas, and their hands just aren't good. It's crazy, right? Jerry Judy doesn't have great hands. Right, you've talked you know, about Albert that. Albert O's hands aren't awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, he, Although he did play well in this last preseason game and the joint practices and whatnot, he's not a pure, smooth catcher of the football. And some guy, at times these guys don't do it. Terrell Owens, one of the greatest receivers of all time, didn't have really good hands. A lot of time he would body the catch, and like mm-hmm. he'd just stumble into the catch. But he was so dynamic after he got the ball, it was like you couldn't tackle him. Mm-hmm. So everybody has their superpower out there, right? Um, it wasn't a perfect throw that Kadarius Tony a little bit behind him. He's a mm-hmm. fast guy. Mm-hmm. He couldn't really control his body, things like that. But um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Guys are going to drop passes. and But but that's not a good way to start the season. Boy, for it's guys. a killer, though, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, and it just shows the team's as good as the Chiefs. They're susceptible to it, too, man. But you, to, you, don't take credit away from the Lions. The Lions were playing the best football in the NFL at the end of last season. They won, what, five straight, eight of their last ten. Didn't make the playoffs, but made a nice late push. Mm-hmm. 
certainly the enthusiasm for them is through the roof. Yes. With and their fan base. So they ended with on a high note with a lot of momentum that they carried into the offseason, and then they get a win in the first week at Arrowhead. That's a huge win for that program. you got to give them some credit. Are the Lions a good example for what could happen with the Broncos if you just give it the right time? Couple of years, man. Couple of years. The meaning, Lions- meaning you might not make the playoffs this year, right? but just give it some time, and hopefully later in the season things will start clicking in, which would indicate better things in, in 2024. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have some patience. I know nobody wants that. Broncos country, we're so sick of having... Well, it's because we keep cycling through these guys before any of it kind of bears fruit. Now, I know we didn't trust these guys enough to, to, to let them stick it out, but look, Nathaniel Hackett, he was done after week one. It was crazy. They were counting. Like, he had no chance at it, right? So I'm just wondering. You know what's wild, though, too, that I think everybody forgets about Hackett? The Broncos started off 2-1. and one. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. And I get it. And you probably... If you were a little smarter on managing the clock, could have beat Seattle. Mm. Okay, but you started, Nate, they started as bad as Hackett was. The countdown game was in a win. Mm. Yeah. They beat the next week, the Niners, where they made three defensive stops in a one-point game to stop the Niners from being able to kick a field goal. Like, you got off to kind of a icky, weird but two and one start to the season. And winning was not enough. You know what I'm saying? So I was on a team where winning wasn't enough. Where we were seven and two in two thousand six. And <laughs> there was a drum beat happening. And D Mac, you're a drummer, right? I am. And you were beating that drum. That these wins cut, lur, Yeah. Cut lur. Cut lur. Cut lur. Cut lur. Cut lur. We were winning football games, but the offense wasn't playing well. But we we're finding. I know you're to win. winning, coach, coach, coach. I, I know you are winning games, but wouldn't Cutler give you a better winninger chance? Yeah, wouldn't he make those wins more fun, more points, more touchdowns? Wouldn't it be more winninger if you were able to winner with Jay Cutler? Cutler, cut. Could you hear that drum beat? I could. Could you hear it loud and inside clear. the locker room? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, then Jake flipped the bird to the fans. Oh, gosh. Sat on the bench. And then the next week. He didn't flip it to the fans. He flipped it to a fan who was talking crazy game. Okay. And if, and if you have someone literally talking crazy game to you, saying uh, obscene things about your family, wasn't, about your. Wasn't there what are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do, man? Uh, You're a man, Darren McKee. And you have someone insulting you. Are you going to. What are you going to do? Where am I? Where am I? You're sit, You're on the sideline of a game, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm, D-Mac is not going to turn around. Nah, yeah, they, right. they they paid their money, man. That's the that's oh, that's, that's, that's that's the way sweet. it goes. Oh, you're so, that's the way it goes. So, so the, wait, I'm just so, sitting so, on the so, bench. So you pay money for that ticket. You have carte blanche to say and whatever you want to these guys and be a complete. You know what? I think it's a jerk move to do, and you're from the jerk store, and I don't support it. I don't advocate it. I don't do it. I don't like people that do it. I don't like leather lungs that ruin the games for everybody else. I might say something to them as I have in the past. I almost got in a fight in the South Stands. Did you? Yeah, because this drunk fatso was, uh, sorry, he was. I'm just being descriptive. He was just on his cell phone talking to his buddy because he was, he was so hammered, he couldn't find where his pal was. Uh. And it was 
curse word this, curse word that. Wait, and so I, you were mad? I got my, my, my father-in-law and my 9-year-old and my 7-year-old there. And I never, never took my kids to games. Never. Oh. And this guy is just going on and on and on and on. And I was like, hey, move it along. Mm. And so he wanted to fight because of that. What did he say? Uh, I got up in my face and goes, make me. And I'm like, okay. And make my day. It was like that. And it was about to go down. And this uh, Broncos fan, she stood up. And she couldn't have been four foot 11. And she just got in this guy's face and got him away. And they called security. And oh, wow. that was that. But my kids are in tears. My uh, father-in-law is a little confused about the whole situation. And I was like, why would I ever take kids to a game like this ever again? And I didn't, actually. It's a volatile scene, man. It can it be. It can be. So these guys, people like that, Nate. I think they ruin games for other people. Right. But the last time I checked, you know, we got some freedom of speech here in America. And while and I, it's not extended to the player, I think if it's something severe, get security to remove that dude. If you, you know, that sort of thing. But as a player, if you want to go to security and say, hey, man, this guy is ridiculous here, then like, that's like LeBron does. That's not Listen, cool. You're asking me about how what I would do and what I would do in that sort of situation. It would bother me. I'd probably go to security. I'd remove myself from that situation. Or you could get emotional, and I don't blame Jake for getting emotional either because Jake's an emotional guy. Sounds like you're blaming it. I'm not. It's a sticky situation. I think I would walk away from it, but I would understand. There's no way for him to walk. He's on the sideline. It's right behind the bench. Listen, I'm not hating. I get it. You know, you want to flip off the fans. I think you got to. And it wasn't, by the way, it wasn't like a vehement bird. It was like, like I'm scratching the back of my head. We know what it was. was Like, oh yeah, yeah. hey, hey. and it's a big difference from right between the lines, man. It's a difference between Lincoln Kennedy jumping into the stands at Old Mile High because he got hit by a snowball. It really shows you how unique of a job professional sports is. Have you ever snapped back at a fan as a player? Of course. You have? Not like crazy, but yeah. What have you you done? Look, when you got people talking to you all game, like, you you know, you you turn around, you address it, you know. Do you really? Sometimes. Like, you go, we'd go, (laughs) we play in Oakland. This is a perfect time for this Uh, because we play in Oakland, and those fans were absolutely ruthless. Uh so every once in a while, of course, we are whooping up on the Raiders. This is the second half. You're going to turn around and let them know. Absolutely. They loved it. They loved the engagement. Breaking the fourth wall. 